Hey everybody, it's Jake. Welcome back to the Waymaker podcast. I'm so glad you've got to join us today. Today is a, a pretty cool day because it's the first time that I've done one of the podcast episodes, just me, one-on-one um, with you. So usually we're always, we have the camera set up and uh, always have some guests on, but today is uh, just me and you. One of the things that I wanted to talk about I get questioned a whole lot on uh, is like the issue of trust. How do I trust? You know, I don't know when or how to start trusting God, whether I know uh, God or I don't, or um, I know who Jesus is and I want to trust him, but I just don't know how. Um, So I figured today I would just take a a short um, time frame and just kind of tell you what I think and and how I put things into perspective. My way is not always the right way. Um, I I hope that it is just because of, I usually try to live uh, the way that the Bible wants me to. And trust me, I fall short a lot. Um, But uh, today is just a little bit about trust. um, And um, I'll just kind of break it down for you. And you know me, I always tell everybody I'm a big old country boy. I love telling stories. So I'm going to start out. Um, one of my favorite people in the Bible is Job. And uh, if you don't know, Job's out of the Old Testament right after Esther. And um, Job had it going on. And uh, if you know anything, um, one of the things that um, God said is God had said Job uh, was uh, good and faithful. You know, Job was doing everything right. He had so many things going for him. He prayed every day. He fasted. He was very close um, with God. And a lot of times in life, uh, things can appear that they're going really, really well uh, from the outside uh, looking in. But really, internally, they may not be. But Job just had everything going on. He was good. And he had donkeys and uh, oxen and sheep and just thousands of different animals and um job just is like one of those people that you'd want to be uh you would want to be that close with god you know you'd want to be walking in that way um and then out of nowhere uh not necessarily out of nowhere but uh satan kind of approached god and was like hey job only does this because he has everything that you've given him. And uh, uh, don't quote me on it, but God kind of tells Satan, like, okay, i tell you what, you can't kill him. Everything else is fair game, but you can't kill him. And this is like someone that has favor in God. Um, And Satan is probably like, chick, going for it, you know. So... He does what he does, a master of lies and deception. He just goes after Job. He loses everything. He loses family. He loses all his sheep, all his oxen, all his camels, all his female donkeys. He loses everything. Um, And then Job gets sick, and he's covered in sores, and just everything goes from good to worse, you know, like it, you know, the snap of a finger, um, which is really, really difficult. Um, And it's tough on Job. He goes through struggles. His friends start questioning, like, man, you had to mess up. You had to do something wrong. 
And I know in my life, and I'm sure in your life, you've dealt with people, whether they be friends or family or outside influences that you're like, I don't know that they're the best for me, you know, and they start making you second guess yourself. And when you get with them, you don't make the right decisions and they don't hold you accountable. Like I like to surround myself with accountable people. Um, and I'm sure in Job's life, he thought he had himself surrounded by accountable friends. Uh, but these friends are starting to question him. And, well, you must have done something against God for all this to happen. You know, God doesn't love you, this, that, the other. I'm sure there was just many, many excuses or thoughts or theories of why all this bad stuff had come on Job. And, you know, like when things are good, you don't want to lean in on someone that you trust. Like you don't have to. Like you're not relying on them. And I think a lot of times in our Christian faith, we do that. I know that I'm guilty of it. Like things are going really good. Business is booming. Promotions are going. Um, and you take a minute and you forget why you have all the things that you do. I don't think or know if that's what's going on with Joe, but I know that I'm guilty of it. Like when things are smooth sailing, sometimes I have to remind myself like, Maybe I need to thank God. Maybe I need to take a minute and just say, like, thank you that I get to live this way. Because all around the world, things aren't like they are uh, here in America. There are truly people in the world that are starving. There are truly people in the world that are hungry. And even right here locally, there are people that are going through horrible things. They're going through divorce, failing finances struggling with addiction, you know, those three things right there can be debilitating. You know, worry is one of my big ones. I worry about everything. And sometimes I'll stop myself and I'm like, God, I know you're in control. I know that everything has to pass through you. Nothing is allowed to happen that you don't know about. You've never failed. Like that song by Vertical Worship, Yes, I Will. It is the like the first four uh, lines of the song are just amazing. Like you, you don't fail. You've never failed me yet. I think about that quite a bit um, because worry can be just absolutely debilitating. And I think the opposite of trusting is worrying. And in, in, in my opinion, you know, I know you can say, well, it's distrust. Well, distrust means you're worrying about the issue at hand. And I do, I struggle with worry. Sometimes I'm like, God, if you just let me control this, I can fix it. And usually 10 times out of 10, that blows up in my face because God's got such a greater plan. And I usually just go in like a bull in a China shop and mess it up. I mean, that's how things happen in my life. It's like, hey God, let me show you my plan. Boom. And everything blows up. It's like a firework stand just getting ignited. Um. You know, and when you think about your relationship with God, it's okay for it to be, you know, childlike. Like you want to, you know, that feeling you have when your dad steps in, like you want to have that trust bond. Like you speak to a child, like they want their dad. They trust their dad. When their dad walks in the room and says something, that's the way that it is. The law is laid down. Like my dad is a good old cowboy. And like, if he says something, there's just no, it's just over and done with. But the even better part about it is, is if I need something, one of the first people I call is my father. 
like if it's real bad, not like a business issue or a, you know, a job related issue, but just a life issue. I call my dad. And that's one of the most reassuring feelings. And I think as a Christian or someone that's wanting to explore Christianity, I think it's okay to say, God, I don't know where I am right now with you. You know, you may not even be a Christian. You may not be a believer in Jesus. But I promise you this, as I sit here and as, as, as the words are coming out of your speaker, you can ask him. And just like that vertical worship song, yes, I will, he will not fail. God's greatest will is for you to be one, like with him. That's what he wants. That's why he sent Jesus. So if you're unknown or you're unsure, all you have to do is ask. He will take care of the rest. I promise you, friends. I promise you. Um, I'll bet you anything you want to bet. That uh, and I'm a betting person. I like I like a good bet. You know, a good, fun, friendly bet. But when it comes to this, I promise if you ask God to interject, like, okay, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to truly believe it. I promise you, He'll radically change your life in such a positive way uh, that you can't fathom. But like I was saying, you know, when I need something, I call my dad. Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, I'm going to tell you a story. So, uh, I think I was 16 or 17. My parents had a, a, a little office on the side of a main highway and they did, con- you know, my parents are, were in the construction industry and still are. And, um, the deal was, uh, I would mow there, his all, my parents' office. Um, and I tried to do it once or twice a week. Um, I didn't really want to do it starting at first, but then it just kind of became habit. My dad's like, you're going to do it. You're, you know, you live at home. You got it pretty easy. You're going to take care of the, you know, mowing and weed eating office, which whoever came up with weed eating, that is the devil. Like I would much rather spray Roundup than ever weed eat again. Like I just do not like it. Uh, I want to go through and blow torch every perimeter so I don't ever have to weed eat again. Um, but my dad, that was, he loved to have things weed eaten. It was his, um, I think he like secretly enjoyed watching me weed eat like, ha ha ha, you know, I'm 50, 60 years old and you're having to do that and not me, but I just am not a huge fan of weed eating. Um, but one day I went to the office, jumped on his mower and started mowing. And, you know, he always taught me like when you get near the street, if you're going to turn around on the mower, you know, make sure no cars are coming on a main highway. Uh, sometimes that didn't happen. You know, there's a gravel driveway pulling into the office and, um, well, like Jake does, like being a bull in the China shop, I turned and I guess a couple rocks got caught up in the mowing blades and I didn't think anything about it. I just know like this black Ford extended cab truck, like swerve, like out of, you know, Tommy boy, just swerving all over the road and locked it up. And I was like, What? Like it scared me, you know, I'm 17 years old, I'm mowing, and this guy, you would have thought he just hit like a mule deer. Uh, it was just crazy. You know, like that DUI commercial where the nail comes out and slams through the hood of the truck and it just stops all down. That's kind of what this guy did. We like backs up into the, down the highway and into the driveway and jumps out and is looking down the passenger side of his vehicle. And I like shut the mower off. I was like, hey, how are you? He said, well, not real good. What happened? He's like he's flinging rocks out here, like throwing them out like Tic Tacs. It's dinged up my truck, and he was just kind of going off on me. And I'm a very tender-hearted person. Like I, 
I don't, I'm not a huge fan of confrontation in the business world. If I have to do something in confrontation, it takes me a few days to think about it and muster up the energy. And usually I'm sick to my stomach and can't sleep. And, you know, I just, I don't, I'm not, a, I don't want confrontation. Um, and out of nowhere, I, I, like I was thinking, I was like, gosh, man, I don't, this isn't good. This guy's furious. And like, you know how things kind of slow down out of nowhere. My dad stepped out. And I guess my dad from inside his office heard this guy going ballistic on me. My dad said, can I help you? And the guy said, yeah, your landscaper threw rocks all down the side of my truck. And I just got it, you know, he just got it waxed or whatever he said. My dad said, it's not my landscaper. That's my son. And I thought, you are in big trouble now, mister. You have really, really done it. Like, my dad is no jokes when it comes to his family. Don't mess with his family. But he did. He said, that's my son. So my dad walks out, and, you know, long story short, we couldn't see any dings in this guy's truck, but he swore that there were these two marks that, like, there was no cracks, no chips. We didn't see anything. Um, But I kind of interjected. I was like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for it. You know, I didn't have much money. I'm 17 years old. I was like, I'll, I'll get your whatever fix, those two spots. And uh, the guy left. We gave him, my dad gave him his number, and it was, he wound up calling a few days later. I was like, hey, it's $108. And he was just all bent out of shape and very, you know, was very hateful. And I'm kind of like, man, we're not sure if he really did that. And there's a chance. Um, but I remember my dad, he said, you're not paying that. I got this covered. And it was just such a reassuring feeling, you know, like, your dad stepped in and stuck it to the man, you know. Um, and I told my dad later that day, I was like, I was really thinking about, like, when you stepped out, I was thinking about calling for you. I didn't even realize you were still at the office. And, you know, I was, he knew I was scared. I didn't, I didn't have to tell my dad were the emotions that were going through my mind. He knew just because he knows I'm kind of, I'm kind of be a little bit of a pushover. And, um, he said, well, you're not paying that $108 bill. He said, I got it. He said, that's, you know, he said, you can't help the way that guy is. I was like, no, I, I made a mistake. I, you know, I, I'll pay it. I'll, you know, I was working like at Papa John's and then I just mowed his yard for free. Cause he made me, um, I think it was for his personal entertainment, but he was like, no, I, I got it. And I was like, well, I made the mistake. And my dad, I'll never forget it. He's, we stopped and he said, you're my son. I got it. And I think a lot of times in our life, especially in my Christian walk, I think God does the same thing on a lot of different levels. And we just don't recognize it. Like, God is that good. You know, you imagine how good your parents are or your spouse is. God is infinitely times better than that. And he only wants what's good for you and I. And he's willing to pay that debt. He's already has. I mean, it's not like it's going to happen. He's already done that with Jesus. That's what, that's what happened with Jesus. That debt, that $108 I was freaking out about, is nothing in comparison to what it looks like in eternity. Jesus paid that debt. And, you know, so you're probably asking, well, why is this story important? Um, 
the story's important because of this. Is a Christian or someone that's, you know, struggling with where do I go, where do I turn from? It's exactly what I just said. Because what God's going to do for you when you ask, when you turn into him, when you lean on him, when you call out to him and you believe that it's going to happen, he's going to do far more than we possibly could fathom. I mean, you remember the story of Jesus feeding the 4,000. They had said a few small fish, seven loaves of bread. What happened when the disciples were like, man, there's no way we're going to feed all these people. It's take a million dollars to feed all these people. You know, we got a couple of little minnows here and uh, or whatever type of fish they were and, and just a few loaves of bread. Jesus told them what to do and they did it. They all sat down. What, what wound up happening? You remember? It wound up with seven large baskets of leftovers. And I'm sure the disciples were like, what? We had two fish. Too crappie, you know, as a country boy, that's some of the best eating you could ever have. I love crappie. But we've got seven extra baskets. Not just little baskets. Not like baskets that you pick up chicken eggs with. Like large baskets left over. That's what Jesus is capable of in each of our lives, you know. When we trust him, it really is. He's going to do far more than we could imagine. And you say, well, I don't see it in my life. Or I don't know if God's going to fill my basket. I think it's okay to ask those questions. I think it's okay to ask God why. You may not get the answer that you're looking for, but God wants that dialogue with each of us. He loves us that much. Just like I wanted to tell my dad, like, hey, I'm going to pay for this bill. God wants that dialogue with you. He wants you to know that you're important to him. How important? I'll tell you how important I think God, that each of us are to God. I'd give up certain things for people. And this isn't something to be proud of. You know, giving up a coat, giving up some shoes, giving up some money, giving up some food. Would you give up your only son? He did for you and for me. You know, and we were still sinners when he did that. And you go back and you look at the story of Job. And, you know, Job had, like I said, had everything. And then it all went away. And sometimes in life, right now in your own life, it can look that way. It can look like the end is just right around the corner. You've made a mistake in your marriage. You've made a mistake and it looks like your job's on the line. You've done something that you think is unforgivable. You told that lie. You had that next drink. You got a little too crazy with somebody last night. It's not bigger than God. It's nothing God can't handle. You just got to trust him. 
I want to show you what trust does. I want to, um, I'm going to, uh, I want to read to you just real quick. So um, I'm going to kind of give Job real quick. Job's got everything going on. And this is going to kind of bring everything into focus on why you can trust God. Job's got everything going on. Boom. Light switch. Everything changes. God tells the devil, you can do anything. You just can't kill him. Loses all his sheep, all his oxen, all his donkeys, all his family members. His friends start to just throw things at him and accusations. And this is why, this is why, this is why, this is why. We've all been down um, the road with the friends and the family that want to point fingers. Job just calls out to God. Finally, he just loses. He calls out to God, and he's he's aggravated. Even I think Job went through a period, says in the Bible, to where he resented his death, or, or correction, his birth. Job, it sounded like, didn't even want, wish he wasn't even born. The situation he was in was so grim. God comes back and tells Job in this great storm, he's like, listen, you can't fathom what I'm doing. Every little detail that happens in your life affects so many other things. And Job, I'm sure, is humbled and crushed. He's like, gosh, why was I having these thoughts? Or why was I thinking that, God? You know what Job does? It says in Job 42, verse 6, Job, therefore I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Job repents. And what does repentance mean? It means to turn from. It means to turn away from. Job does. He repented from thinking those things and having those thoughts. And like I said, no matter it was a crazy night the night before that you had, or your marriage is falling apart, or your job's falling apart, or 2021 is not firing off like we all expected it to, and we still feel like we're in 2020. There's nothing too big for God. You can trust Him. So I'm sure some of you may have this question. How do I start trusting God? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now because it's really, really simple. There's three things that you got to do. In Matthew 21, verse 22, this is what it says. This is now, now this is Jesus talking. And whatever things you ask in prayer, that you ask in prayer, believe and you will receive. Whatever you ask and pray in prayer, believe and you will receive. What's Jesus saying? Ask. You have to ask. It's okay to say, hey, God, I don't even know what I'm asking, but I need you. My life is in shambles or my situation is in shambles or this decision that I have to make, I just don't know. I'm asking you. The second thing is to believe. got to believe sometimes believing i think is can initially can be the hard part because you don't know what god's going to do and there's still times many many times most of the time that i don't know what god is going to do but i believe that whatever he's going to do is for the good and it may not look like what i want it to so you ask you believe and then you receive you know 
receive it willingly, no matter what it is. Sometimes I'll ask something and I'm expecting, you know, it to work out option A and it doesn't, it's completely different. And even if it's not good, sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't get it yet. God, I didn't see that coming. I didn't expect it. And right now it looks like a fireball in front of me, but I, I receive it. I, I understand that somehow this is glorifying you. And that's exactly what Job did. He's like, hey, I repent. You know, I come to you in prayer. I believe in you. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to receive whatever you give me. It's exactly what Job did. So what happened in the book of Job? What happened? Job did exactly what I just told you. He asked. He believed and he received. Job winds up having twice as much as he did before. 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 100 oxen, or 1,000 oxen and 1,000 female donkeys. And you always think, like, you ever pass that donkey on the side of the road that's, like, gnawing at the top row of the fence? Like, donkeys, I just, I always think, like, if God was like, okay, Jake, I give you 1,000 donkeys. Like, what? But back then, that's where it was at. God, I don't have anywhere to put one donkey, much less a thousand, especially female donkeys. No telling how many male donkeys I got. Um, but God did twice as much, or let Job have twice as much as he had originally. And it's because Job repented, and it's because Job believed. And it's because Job prayed, and he trusted God. You know, and I think in this short audio podcast today that... um that's one of the things that each of us struggle with somehow, some way, is, is knowing how to trust. You know, it's easy to trust with the little issues because it's like, oh, it's not going to affect too much. But if you start learning to trust with the easy issues, gosh, do the big ones become much easier to believe. It's kind of like a friend. Like when you start trusting them with little things, and every time they do what they say they're going to do, you start trusting them with the bigger things. If you start trusting God with the little decisions in your life, like, God, don't let me make a bad decision. Don't let me fall into temptation. Don't let me make a mistake. I promise you he'll do it. He will not fail. If you get a chance, go and listen to that vertical worship song. Yes, I will. It's just such a good, good song. The first, uh, like I said, the first four verses are just, uh, the whole song's out of this world, but the first uh, four verses really, really, really hit home with me. Um, so ask, believe, and receive. That's how Job did it. You know, it's what happens here. It's what Jesus says in the book of Matthew in chapter 21. Um and I promise you this, as, as we um, move into close, like Jesus won't fail. You saw what happened in the book of Job in this short time that we were together. He'll do the same thing for you. Now, you may not want to wake up and have a thousand female donkeys in your backyard for some of you like, no way, not a chance. But whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, you can trust God. He will not fail. I'm a firm believer that he won't fail. I know he won't. He's too perfect. And he wants what's best for you. No matter what your day looks like or your night looks like, he wants what's best for you. If he didn't want what's best for you, 
he wouldn't he wouldn't have sent his son. And I think that's a great thing about Jesus is that uh, he, God knew what was best for us. And it's, sometimes it's hard to put that into perspective. But when you look at the sacrifice that was made for each of us, it lets you know that you can really trust God. You know, it wasn't a little wager. It happened to save you and me, to save us from our sins. It was the best there was, and it was Jesus. Um, so before we go, we'll uh, we'll just pray real quick. I know that um, you may not be in the best place, so um, I'll pray and and. Um, Father, sometimes I don't know whether which way is up and which way is down. But I want to trust you. I want to trust you with the small things just as much as I do the very big things that are in my life. I know that you love me. I ask that you give me the strength to trust you more and more and more. And I believe that you'll prove yourself time and time again. I've got so much going on, Father. I just lay it at the foot of the cross. I lay it at the foot of Jesus, and and I don't want to worry anymore. I want to trust in you fully for your glory. I just put out my hands right now, whatever I'm dealing with, whatever is going on in in your life, you just put out your hands and give it over to God. Say, God, I love you and I trust you. And I believe that whatever I'm trusting you with, that you're going to make resolve of it. I know that my issues matter to you, Father. And I believe that you're going to make it better, just like you did with Job. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Man, we got deep into the book of Job real quick. Um you know, I, I really hope you have a great rest of your day and week. It was um, super awesome getting to talk about uh, Job and trust. You know, I trust that uh, I trust that I didn't make you think I'm crazy. You know, um, life is so short and so sweet, and uh, we serve such a, a good, good God. I, I hope that today helped. I hope that somehow it kind of opened your eyes of of how we can learn from Job and to trust uh, that Jesus is the way and just know and believe. Um, I hope you have a great week and I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining.